0: Hey guys, um, you could scratch the, scratch the song idea, no song, thanks, <laughs> should have checked in before, <laughs> hi, thank you so much, it's like an, an amazing, incredible honor to be here, um, I'm trying to set up a timer on my phone, because my friend Bridge is back there, he knows, he knows I love to speak, so um, it's an honor and a privilege to be here, so I just want to open up and just pray real quick before I start, if you guys can. Worship with me. Father God, just thank you. Thank you for your spirit, God. Thank you for the story, God, that you write in each one of our lives, God, the story of salvation, layers and layers of intimacy that you write into our lives, God. And I just thank you, God, for your goodness and your grace. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I, had, um, I was writing my testimony and I was, as I was writing and reflecting what I wanted to share, Um, in this season, Um, I was reminded of a word that one of my spiritual parents gave me, and they're the marriage ministry counselors at the the church I used to go to in the Bay Area. Anybody from the Bay? Hey, who said A? Oh, yeah, you're from from the Bay. Um, And they were talking about just the joy of marriage and how um, the the incredible... uh, the incredible experience of having layers and layers and layers of memories of intimacy with somebody that you're faithful to, and that's faithful to you. And I was just thinking, I'm single, I'm not married, so I've never had that experience, but I was thinking about, like, how that is with the Lord. Like, when we walk with Him, for me it's been 13 years since the, this moment that was a turning point in my life, um, August 13 years ago. And it, I can see that, that relationship where it's layers and layers and layers of memories, of memories, of memories, just of intimacy, just going deeper with the Lord. And that's our inheritance. That's every, every one of us who chooses Christ, that's our inheritance, to have layers and layers and layers of memories of deeper, deeper um, intimacy and healing with God. So um, from there, let me just springboard. I was into, into what my testimony is. I was born and raised into a Christian Pentecostal family. So, super strict. We're Brazilian. We moved here in uh, 96. And both my parents are, you know, awesome Pentecostals filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. I call them, like, the humble Pentecostals because they're not loud and shaky. And they're just, like, the ones who, like, you know, when they pray, they're like, you know, in, in tongues, you know. Quiet, I, quiet Pentecostals? Is that even possible? Um, so, yeah, raised in a, in a very Christian home where the environment was one of godliness and righteousness. And what I love about my parents is they did not just preach to us as kids. There's three of us. Um, I have two other sisters. I'm the middle child. Explains everything. Um, they did not just preach to us. They actually lived out the gospel in front of us. So they lived out. They showed what grace and mercy was. Um, hearing my dad apologize was normal. Hearing my, I've never heard my dad shout at my mom or my mom shout at my dad. I've never seen them like, disrespect each other in front of us. So I grew up in this environment where grace was shown to us and modeled to us and then also taught, but very strictly expected from us as we were being brought up. So it was like, you know, you could obey the Bible or you could get a spanking. It was like that. So I obeyed the Bible in front of my parents. Um, yeah. We'll get to that part of the testimony. So we came here in uh, 1996 to the U.S. and my parents enrolled us into public school. And what happened was uh, it started happening around the third grade um, as I began to make friends and the influences of the, of the kids that were at school. I grew up kind of in a rougher neighborhood in the East Bay area in Pittsburgh. Anybody knows where Pittsburgh is? So a little bit of a rougher neighborhood. And so the kids that I was growing up with and the friends that I was making at school their lifestyles and the things that they did and said and that they, you know, wanted me to to take part in was very different than what was being taught to me at home. And um, my parents had a very strict expectation, and so what I found happened in my life is it took a split where I began to become one person at at school with my friends and then a different person at home at church and and with my parents and and at church. And I didn't have a choice. I had to go to church, so... um, so yeah, around third grade up into the fifth grade, um, a lot of negative things started happening in my life. I learned to swear, I learned to fight, to curse, I learned uh, to really break people down to get acceptance and approval. I became really powerful with my words and um, would just destroy people in my, my little bad third grade self to get, <laughs> to get approval at school, or teachers, or whoever I could think of to cuss out to get attention and approval. And um, that year, my parents, they were taking us to a church in San Francisco, and it was a Brazilian church, and that year, for a period of a year between the ages of eight and nine, I was actually sexually molested by somebody in the church. So one of the deacon sons in the church was molesting me for, for, that, for an entire year. And I didn't know what was happening, because I was eight years old, and I, I didn't really understand what he was doing to me. I just knew it, like it felt wrong, and it was shameful. And so with the, with the combination of my life just going, taking this turn where I was doing things that I knew were not in scripture and I knew were not biblical, and then also the shame of carrying that, um, I became a very, very dark person. So by the time I was in fifth grade, I had just outrageous amounts of guilt and anger and shame that I carried inside of me. Um, I remember that when I was, like it got to a point, it was really dysfunctional, and I was actually a master um, hider of, of what it was actually going through. My parents had no idea that I was going through what I was going through. I had an amazing church face. I knew all the books of the Bible. I could say them in under 30 seconds because you get candy at Sunday school if you can do that. So, um, I mean, I knew it all. Like, if you ask me an answer, a question about Jesus or the Bible, i just like, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Because that's what I was brought, if, if the Bible wasn't being read to me, I was reading it. So, it, there's never been a period in my life since, I mean, since even, since I was a fetus, I like to say since I was a fetus, because there's a picture of my dad reading the Bible to my mom's pregnant stomach. I'm not joking. That's just how Pentecostal it was, okay? So I've just been around the word like my entire life, and so I got to this place where they had no idea what was going on, and I was so full of rage and anger that I got to the, uh, to the point of suicide. I remember I used to walk down this the hallways of my school, and I used to just punch the wall until my fingers would, uh, my knuckles would rip open and just bleed. I had that much rage inside of me, and nobody knew. Um, and by the time I was in sixth grade, I got to a place where I was, I was suicidal, and I even attempted. I just was too afraid to go through with it. Um, and my life took a turn when a woman at my church uh, decided to sponsor, us, to, dispo- to sponsor me to go to a youth camp. And so I go to this youth camp, and I'm at this, I'm at this camp, and literally, there's nothing you can say to me by this point, because I decided that I wasn't going to talk to God anymore. You could drag me to church, but I don't care. I don't care about Jesus. I don't care about God. I've heard it all before, and nothing can change me. I couldn't get out of this, the trap that I was in the, um, and so I was really hardened. I remember sitting up, I was sitting in the back of the auditorium. I had my back against the wall, and my arms folded, and the, the preacher was going, and he was like, Jesus loves you, and he forgives you. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. He'll take you back. He'll clean you up. And I'm like, I go to my bunk now and go to sleep? Like I don't care. Um, and as I'm standing there, he gives the altar call, and he says, you know, who wants to receive Christ? And people are like flooding the altar and crying, the snot coming down, the bland's playing, you know, and it's like, oh, Jesus. And I'm like, uh, can I go now? Um, and as I'm there, just full of walls, the Holy Spirit just speaks to me. It was the first time I heard God's voice, and it wasn't audible. It was an internal voice, but I knew exactly who was talking to me. And when God speaks to you, you know exactly who's talking to you. You can't talk yourself out of it. You know the creator of the universe is speaking to you. And he spoke to my heart, and he said one word, and it changed everything. He said, surrender. He said, surrender. And I was like, heck No! <laughs> exactly what I said I think I might have even said the other word I was like no 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 I don't I don't want to be a Christian these people are crazy it's never good enough like doesn't matter how hard you try have you met my mom this is like there's just doesn't matter how hard you try you can't ever be good enough and I told him all my excuses for why I could not be a believer and when I finally ran out of excuses the Holy Spirit spoke to me again he said surrender and I was like okay well let's think about my life real quick I'm depressed I hate who I am. I hate everything. Like, I was, I was so full of rage. I, like, hated the church. I hated my parents. I couldn't hate God. Something inside of me knew that it, it wasn't him, and I couldn't, I couldn't hate him. But I hated everything, including myself. And I thought about that for a moment, and I was like, man, I just can't keep living this way. And right at that moment, he spoke one more time. The Holy Spirit said, surrender. And I said, okay, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this or how I'm going to change, but I can't keep living this way. I surrender. I remember I like, lifted my hands in worship for the first time. Because I would go to church, but I would never engage in worship. I could never pretend to sing words to God that I was not serving or living for. I couldn't do it. I couldn't sit there and be like, Jesus, I love you. And it's like, I know what I'm doing on Monday through Friday at school. I don't love you. Like I'm not singing these words. And for the first time, I sang, and I worshiped God, and it was sincere. This weight lifted off of me. And I remember I had insomnia. Like, I couldn't sleep. And I went to, I went to the bunk that night, and I laid down. And all of a sudden, it was morning time. And I was like, what just happened to me? And then the next night, it happened again. And then it happened again. It happened again. And the insomnia was gone. There was this incredible peace that I couldn't even describe. Um, The depression left. There was no desire for suicide. There was no, the anger. Like, I was not angry anymore. It was the weirdest thing. I I was like, uh, it was like zen. It was really, it was crazy. And I remember I came back to church and even my friends at church were like, what's wrong with you? Like, they were like, why do you, why are you worshiping like you love Jesus so much? And I was like, oh, I kind of do. Like, it was just like, was <laughs> different, right? So my life transformed and it was amazing. Um, what, but what, what happened was, I'm trying to be sensitive to the time here. What happened was, I fell back into the trap of religious performance. That was when I was 13 and for the next eight years I successfully ensnared myself again into religiosity and it's because I really, I genuinely love Jesus so much. I wanted to do everything I could to please him. By the time I ended those eight years of reading every single book I could get my hands on, on purity and righteousness and, like, memorizing every scripture I could, like, download to, like, keep my thoughts pure and to keep my heart pure, I literally was just, like, so hungry for righteousness. At the end of those eight years, I hated who I was again. I was back to depression. Nothing I had ever done was good enough. I was a straight-A student. I got, like, Scholarship offers to a bunch of schools for track and field. I was on church leadership for youth. Like everything on the outside looked perfect and amazing. I could like quote any scripture to you, and I hated who I was because on the inside I was still filled with lust and self-hatred and 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 rage. And it was like, okay, how did I get here again? And what I want to end my testimony in in just sharing this. God brought me to a place where He like literally took my life and just emptied it out, and I learned for the first time what the righteousness of Christ was. And I love Epic, because when I walked in here, I was hearing from Eric, and I was hearing from the community, this thing on righteousness of Christ, that our identity is that we're pure and holy and blameless in the sight of God. And I was like, whoa, a community that actually believes that, and that actually teaches that. I was like, that's impressive, because I remember when God first started convicting me, it was about well, I lost a lot, I don't know how many years ago, 13 minus 8. Someone do the math. It's like four years ago, And the Lord convicted me that I was blameless and holy in his sight. And I was like, huh? Have you been inside my head? Not blameless and holy. And it took about three years. Yeah, see, someone can relate. (laughs) It took three years of just God untightening my fist to this identity that I so strongly believed in. I'm a sinner, and I'm filthy, and I'm disgusting, and I'm just in need of grace of God. Uh -uh. It's like, You are holy. You are blameless, you're righteous, you're pure. Your mind is pure, your thoughts are pure. And when I believed it, you know how easy it was walking in righteousness when you believe the truth about who you are? It's incredible, so I just wanna give all the glory and praise to God. It's been a continued journey, and I encourage you as you seek the Lord, that's probably the most foundational thing you you can walk into is knowing that you are holy and blameless in the sight of God. Thank you for letting me share.